Welcome, everybody, to the PFFA pod. Um, my name is Kyle McLowry. I'm your host. So typically, I introduce everybody, but today I'll do it a little differently. Just going to go around the table. Let's start to my right. You can introduce yourself, please, and you know where you work and maybe how long you've been in the Bureau, and we'll get this thing rolling. All right. My name is Matthew Smith. I'm a firefighter at Engine 29. I started as a district rep uh, beginning of the year this year, and you know, I've been uh, visiting stations and talking to people, which is kind of all brand new, and mm -hmm. also learning a lot about the union. So awesome! What district are you? Uh, district five. Nice. Okay. So that's, that's that's the best district. The best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's Just like to be clear. <laughs> you know, twenty nines, thirty ones, sevens, elevens, soon to be nineteens, and mm -hmm. I think twenty fives, right? There's a little busy, redistricting busy project now. Yeah. We yeah. passed our new constitution bylaws. Well, thanks for doing that. Good work. Okay. I think I recognize that voice over there. Yeah. Isaac McLennan. I'm the union president and uh, also a uh, firefighter on Truck 7. Been in the Bureau since 2002 and I've been on the executive board since 2010. And I'm happy to serve in this role and I look forward to this conversation. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I am Amy Quinn, the rep for Community Health Division. Um, I got hired in August, so not a year yet. Um, working for chat as a paramedic. Nice. And you are also considered a district rep, is that correct? I believe so. A new position. Yeah. It's That's the same cool. level as a district representative, but just like the port, we have the port representative. Yeah. Right. Amy okay. is the community health okay. division representative. So it's not a district as per se, like a district would be like Matt, but it's still the same same concept. It's a representative okay. of, a, of, a, of a group. Awesome. So this is super exciting for me because I don't know a lot about what we're going to talk about. And that's kind of like where I like to be sometimes. I can um, sit back a little bit, take in information in, learn, and ask some dumb questions because you know I, I excel at that. Um, and I just wanted to say real quick, so this is something that sort of uh, came about from Matt's doing his uh, uh, station visits. And this is what this podcast is for. Issues came up, questions came up. And so if anybody has stuff they want to talk about, you think it'd be beneficial to just to talk about for the for, for the union membership, give me a call. So this is going to be most of we're talking about the community health division. Um, some questions arose. And I'll sort of just punt the ball over to you, Matt, a little bit. You had us some fundamental questions. I think that Isaac might, might field, and then we'll just move forward from there. Cool. Yeah, the, the gist of it is, um, you know, we have a, acquired a new portion of our membership um, due to the community health division which is helping us out there on those low acuity calls and you know there's some other sides of uh the community health division that um are interesting and there's a couple different areas uh, of that division that i think a lot of people aren't aware of um so there's just a lot of muddy waters around how um non-firefighters are now in our union mm -hmm. and some muddied waters around what the community health division is and what they do and what type of members um are now in our union so yeah and i i would love to i think we'll get to this sort of get a sense of the day in the life of a yeah, community definitely. health member because i think to, i don't really know the answer and what that's <laughs> like but maybe a little bit of the history i think we were talking before off air isaac if you could fill in kind of how do we get here yeah. um with this new a portion of our membership and i think that probably as a union philosophy the bigger the union the better you want more yeah. people as part of the membership but at the other other side of that is you know we've been a fire union for over 100 years um and it's something that i guess from my perspective uh it was potentially an additional workload added to the uh, elected officials of the union and not really knowing how that was going to affect things but before i get there can you just talk about how, how did this these members end up into Local 43. Because yeah. I remember some went somewhere else, some came Local 43. So just a little history, background. Yep, I'll take that one. I'll take the uh, ball and run. So, so, you know, it's interesting because, you know, being a local union for firefighters is uh, uh, how we, you know, got started way back before even the IFF was the IFF. You know, mm. we've been a, a, a labor union for firefighters. Uh, and this is just a another evolution of that um, as we also represent fire inspectors those didn't exist in 1918 and so, you know so um, kind of a growth and evolution and this is kind of the next iteration of a, of a culture shift what we really see is uh, is a, a, uh, the next kind of epidemic is as a health crisis 
we had a you know back when we were losing entire cities we had to develop uniform fire code and and adjust and create this whole new system because america was burning now we're burning uh, from a, from a healthcare standpoint from mm-hmm. a community mm-hmm. health standpoint so to address that there were a couple ways that you know obviously the pandemic that it, it, it struck us right when uh, the politics were kind of trying to shape what was going to be what is now called the Portland Street response. Mm-hmm. And through through that whole action, at the same time, there was also an effort to have develop the community health assess and treat. Um, and then, then the idea came, well, then let's also look at how we can develop this system called Community Connect. They can also do these services. Right. And I know there was a lot of concerns back when we were doing about, about mission creep. Is this what we should really be doing? Um, so lo and behold, when this was all happening, um, basically when the city just creates new positions, like, hey, we need a community health division. And through politics, policies get passed, ordinances get passed, positions are created. When that happens, uh, depending on the work that's defined in the class specification, in this case, community health medic was the class specification, class comp goes, well, looking at the description of what this person will do, that is the work that's already being done by Portland firefighters. So that work belongs to them, and the position authority I'm does too. I'm stop you real quick, just for a second. Yeah. Class comp, can you just do a 15 second class yeah. comp? This is a small little section of the city of Portland that does this work, class comp. If you, cl- if you type in, if you Google, city of Portland class specifications, it, you know, the first hit will be all of the classifications that the city of Portland recognizes. Every position is recognized in there. A firefighter, a fire inspector, a chief, a community health medic, community health worker. They all have their own code. They have their own code. Okay. A a, a firefighter has their own code. You can't work for the city if you don't have a code. Yeah, and so that defines the work that we do. And in there it says this is the type of work that they do. These are some examples and, and so on and so forth. So when the community health division was formed, they were just, they didn't actually add any class comps. They just sort of grabbed some from somewhere else. They created a bunch of new ones. So you'll uh, use new FTEs or actually new comps? New, new class, okay. class uh, specifications. Okay. okay. So, which, and class comp is the work, uh, who is the organization in the city that creates those class specifications. Okay. okay. There's a whole formal process for this stuff to happen. Anyway, through that, the position authority is given to, sometimes is given to unions. And so you'll notice as you click on one that says, say, for example, you don't know where it says firefighter. You click on that, it opens up. Lo and behold, the position authority goes to Portland Firefighter Association, Local 43. Mm. So the work of responding on EMS calls in the city of Portland for the city of Portland is our work. And if, for example, the city was like, well, we're going to subcontract out and have uh, people you know, do this same quick uh, first responder program this union would file an unfair labor practice on the city of Portland because that's our work and they're subcontracting it out. We are firefighters currently are the ones who perform that okay. work in the city of Portland for okay. the city of Portland. So on the chat was the first of the three things you said. There was a chat, there's a PSR and the community, uh, I'm sorry, the community connect. Those are the three branches chat was, inside. Chat was, chat was yeah. first. And then I think PSR grew up. I, I know very little about community connect so far, but so these new class comps were formed. Mm-hmm. And because it was sort of aligned with what was already in PFFA, right. did the cities come and say, assign them to you? They said, do you want them? No, it was they were just assigned. Okay. They were assigned that, that because if they didn't do that, the union would have a righteous, unfair labor practice okay. on our hands because that work is one that our members do. And we do it at a, at a rate that we make sure that we compensate all of us at this table for the work we do. Right, we have these skill sets. You're a firefighter, okay. EMT, whatever you're, you're, okay. you know, you're a hazardous materials technician, all that stuff. Anyway, so okay, so fast forward now, you kind of understand the the, the sort of the nuts and bolts piece mm-hmm. of it. You've got this this area of Portland is like they're trying to figure out how to address community health medicine, right? Do we uh, what you know what system is going to work to handle these low acuity calls? What best is going to work? Well, there was work done with the uh, uh, partnership of the of uh, Care Oregon, right? Right. Care Oregon, right. and the partnership between that and the Fire Bureau, specifically at the time, um, it was uh, Lisa. Uh, right. Reslock. Thank yeah. you, gosh. Uh, Lisa Reslock, and 
she her understanding of the healthcare system, her background, her experience as a nurse really suited her well to understand how this could all come together. And so this funding stream didn't even come from the city of Portland, right? right. This comes from healthcare dollars from the state, from the federal government to pay for these positions. And is that when, still the case? Mm-hmm, okay. Still the case today. So yeah. when that happened. They were they, the funding was starting to come available in 2021. Okay, we're in the, still in the pandemic, okay. right? And we're in like it was like July or August or whatever it was. And you know, Tim Matthews was assigned the division chief of that of that uh, that of that division, right? The community health division, and he was like, and he was working on okay, so local 43's got these community health medics, so. We have to start working with them, and then we came the agreements that we signed for Portland Street Response and Community Health uh, Division. Uh, oh, the 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 um, MOUs that Alan Firstweiler, my predecessor, okay. signed, and he signed those on the premise of the fact that that current staff. The big piece for us was that current staffing for fire was not going to be diminished by developing these new programs. Right. For example, like what happened with the RRVs, we put in RRVs, but we took away fire engines. So. Right. We don't want. We don't staffing, want. It's, it's the an ad. Stay the same. It's an and, right. not an or. It's an ad, yeah. right? So, all right. So, but now the pressure's on because Tim has got to start producing the some metrics, and without us having uh, an, uh, an agreement, which the union signed, uh, that basically what they're operating under is a um, a, a memorandum of understanding. Right. That's their current contract. Is basically it's MOU. It's an MOU with yeah. a memorandum of understanding. That's what they're currently working on. That's going to develop their first initial pay structure, some fundamental rights to unions, and so on and so forth. And that was basically Tim, came to Tim and the Labor Relations Department of the City of Portland, came to Alan and said, we need to, we need to turn the lights on. And okay. so we're willing to kind of, can we just, we, they kind of crafted up an agreement, and that was, what the, that's sort of what we're okay. working under. So that, we just like, it's a fast, quick, turn the lights on. And that was in November of 2021 when that agreement was signed. And so that MOU is a bridge to the, the contract, which is being negotiated currently. That's right. And I yeah. think we're getting a little bit, you know, branched off here. To, I, I guess I was curious in my initial question about <clears throat> how did the, the members of the CHD become part of PFFA? So they were essentially assigned mm-hmm. from the city. And you can correct me here. I feel like I remember hearing at some point that they were not all assigned. Some of them went to Layuna or AFSME okay. or something like that. So the, the which that, one is it? I can't so remember. So just to, to clear this up, community health medics. So Medic. that's as we know them as EMTs or paramedics. Uh-huh. The community health medic right. position. That's, right. that's yeah. that class specification. Mm-hmm. All community health medics, as it's determined on the class spec sheet, are all PFFA members. Right. Not part of as, 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 and part of a separate bargaining unit. So there's different. There's, we now have three bargaining units. We have the Port of Portland. Mm-hmm. We have Portland Fire and Rescue sworn members. Those are firefighter EMTs. And then you have the Community Health Division contract. It's going to contain okay. Community Health Medics, and to make it even more confusing, now the Community Health Nurses. So the nurses and the medics will be part of this separate contract. Okay. But there are some members, maybe the social work yeah, members? Yeah, so you have members of the community health division mm-hmm. that are mental health responders mm-hmm. or crisis responders, peers, and uh, and that type of stuff. Um, and they're, mm-hmm. under, they're held under a different contract. They're working with, um, yeah, another union called ProTech. ProTech, I And okay, that's, right. they're currently negotiating their contract as well. Sorry, I just wanted to get that because I knew yeah. that in the back in my head somewhere I knew there was a separate union involved for part of that organization. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was. Does that kind of get you where you wanted to be, Matt? As far as the background? Yeah, you know, it um, for me and the the kind of the two points of interest or concern from the membership that I've been hearing is how how did they become a part of our union? Since and why are non firefighters in our union? I think Isaac explained that that pretty well you know um more importantly um a follow-up to the background of this story is is um i know you and i had talked about uh single roles in other departments mm-hmm. and the way other unions have operated and that was um that was good for me to hear because it it, it kind of helps me understand or disarm me because i'm worried about conflict of interest in our union from two separate buckets kind of vying for the same full-time employment yeah, um, and what that might cause down the road. Um, 
So if you want to go into maybe explain how other departments roll with single roles or yeah, let's. I think we should de- define because yeah, I think there's let's let's talk about what a single role is. I single mean, role versus dual role. Yeah, yeah. what does that mean? Because I think people don't know what that means. Yeah. So so I I used to be hired as a single role, and that basically said I was functioning as kind of the medical side only. So I was functioning just as a paramedic for that department versus Matt, you'd be functioning as like firefighter EMT. Or if I was <clears throat> on the fire side, then I would be functioning as a firefighter paramedic. So it takes two roles and just is focusing on the one role. So you're only functioning as a medic versus right. a dual role as the firefighter paramedic. Yeah. Okay. And that's, helps. that's very helpful, I think, because I think people hear single role and they don't know what that means. Yeah. So Yeah, I never heard it before. Yeah. yeah. Well, that helps my understanding as well because you know we're already operating within um, the firefighters um, with different class separations whether you're a medic and all the different dual roles yeah. um, and that whole part of um, our membership is is represented this is a single role in a different umbrella underneath our union that would yeah. be represented as well yeah. it's important to remember that the you know this the notion of uh, firefighter local unions representing single role uh, EMTs and paramedics is not something that's it is something that's new to us but it's not new not to new the fire all. service across this country and not f- several unions in Oregon op, uh, represent single role right. uh, units similar mm-hmm. to the community health division um, but it's absolutely largely all the way across the country this is happening and not just single role you know units but also transporting paramedic units they, we, uh, local union, firefighter unions and the IFF uh, they represent transporting medics. So uh, while we don't do that necessarily when we did it in emergency situations, but uh, it's not something that we we don't have a you know we don't have a group of that just as of yet. Um, that's how it works. Obviously done by AMR, and those are those folks are represented by the Teamsters. Right. Uh, but so yeah. So let's go back to the question now, which was uh, let's rephrase it. Um, uh, the question I was hoping to get to the bottom of is is how. Um, what are some concerns about any conflict of interest that might be um, in the foreseeable future uh, having different bodies to represent? Yeah, now I remember. Okay, so, and I've heard this, you know, at my firehouse, uh, you know, it's this mission creep. What are we doing in, you know, community health? We're a fire union. We should mm-hmm. be put on firefighter issues. Um, is this going to detract from uh, the focus and work that we get, uh, the value of our union, what my union just go towards, right? Uh, and uh, is you all know, good questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and the the important thing is um, that the, the the contracts are completely separate. And I think that's a fundamental piece that people don't understand. Is well, are they going to get some of the same benefits as firefighters? I mean, we risk our lives. We run into burning buildings. They don't do that. You're absolutely right. You know, there's other issues that they may have that don't uh, necessarily apply to firefighters. So it's important that they're in different books. Just like the airport fire is in their own book. That's their rights. That's their union. That's their folks. Um, and the conflict of interest piece, you know, for at least for me, because that they're a separate bargaining unit, uh, it essentially one of the big concerns I hear as well as that is the run volume. And when somebody calls nine one one and needs help, somebody has to go. At least that's the way we currently operate. Now, the police operate a little bit differently. They've made a decision that, they, that they're not going to respond immediately. They'll follow up however their protocols work. But in the EMT world, the medic world, the fire world, we don't just have an option not to go. Somebody's going to go and check no on this cue. person. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, people can say, like, well, they shouldn't be calling 911 for, your, for a tummy ache. Deal with it yourself. I agree. But but at the end of the day, when you've called this something, you're asking for the service that, you know, and this this the entity nine one's like I gotta send somebody to check on this person. And what if they're having a trip? You know, triple A. It's not just tummy ache, but they're they're bleeding internally. You know what I mean? So, and again, I don't want to get in it because I'm not even a. That's a Doctor Jew question. It's right. way above me. But that notion of like, what are we doing in this field? As far as a union, it's really it's really the city assigning this work to a new hire, and then basically. Our union representing that because it's responding to as an as an EMT that works for Portland Fire, that's our work. And so, is it going to detract from our ability to negotiate and defend and fight for firefighters' issues? Absolutely not. 
And the only way you, we can prove that is by taking these steps forward. And if there's issues of like, well, this is a perfect example of what I was talking about when you know we're, you know, this was this should never have happened, and now that it's happening, it's it's because of that you're not focused enough on the issues that are important to me. What I pay in dues for, alert that to us. Let's correct it immediately. Let's nice. that's, that's correct think, that work um, immediately. One thing that that makes my brain think of when you when you bring that up is with how the current medical crisis in the world's gone we've seen an increase in calls and medical calls right so one of our goals and objectives is to be able to uh, relieve engines and trucks to be there to respond to the fire calls the traffic accidents the hazmat calls and hopefully that we can alleviate the non-critical medical calls for them um so yeah, I don't know if that plays a factor into that aspect. It, yeah, or, totally but, does. Yeah, I mean, reducing re- reducing run volume is something I hear almost almost daily in my firehouse. So, so I that, totally that of get course that. Is, is not going to be a conflict of interest. That's a good d- direct alignment of interest, hundred percent. I'd like to drill down a tiny bit if, if you're if you're able, Matt, to any more specifics and what might be a conflict of interest between the two buckets we're talking about. Because I'm not sure in in my imagination, I'm imagining foreseeable conflicts like. Like Isaac said, the contracts are totally separate, just like every other labor organization in the city has separate contracts. Just so happens, and I think there may be some larger or uh, uh, unions that maybe do uh, bargain several contracts within their umbrella. Mm-hmm. So that's not new either. I guess I'm I'm curious if there are some things that maybe you've talked to people about that have any more specifics or that they think there might be an issue with. My, my only issue as far as a conflict was just what you mentioned, Isaac, was the actual workload potential increase Mm -hmm. for the executive board to try Mm -hmm. and then deal with some of the additional issues that are no doubt going to arise for the members of the community health division. Are there other more? That's not really a conflict of, from my point of view, not a conflict of interest, just a a management of resources, Mm -hmm. which I feel like that might be something that, that was my main concern. Are there other, does that sort of get to drill down a little bit for that specific question, or are there things that people maybe are afraid that uh, are going to be more antagonistic between the two of us, or the two buckets? Well, um, there is, with any change in the fire service, yes. right? Yeah. It's change, yeah. so it's immediately red flag. Right. Um, right. the brakes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, there's, there's that piece, but it's also coupled with... Um, some legitimate concerns, which I think uh, were addressed here. Okay. Um, the conflict of interest would be, you know, that we're subsidizing community health division, or just like the idea that we would be subsidizing anything that went on in the port. Um, what was just explained was that it's three different bodies underneath Local 43. So I think that. Um, the conflict there has been been put at ease for me in my okay. understanding of it. Okay. Yeah, and dues money is commingled. So all members of Local 43 are all members equally, right? They will all pay uh, our our fair our union dues and that means it's all we're all members of Local 43 and then there's those three contracts that govern their pay structures, their vacation hours, all that kind of right. stuff, their benefits package, their pay and benefits uh, 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 that and all that. So you know, I think that's the concern is like, well, you know, I, and people have always, I mean, how long have we been representing the Port of Portland? No one really has an issue with us representing the Port of Portland. It's a separate entity. Yeah, they're firefighter EMTs. They were, they're, they're specifically around aircraft rescue firefighting. But I'm sure whenever that developed, whenever we took over that, that there was probably the same exact experience. Probably. This conversation is happening. It was probably like, well, right. why are we doing that? And of course, now no one is questioning it. And if I could just but, work down that comparison a little bit. So that port, I, I'm it's like 35-ish? About 40 members 40 there. members. How many are joining us, have joined us? The Community from? Health Division has about 30 right now. Yeah, I think we're hitting 30, okay. uh, maybe maybe a couple over 30 with a we just few hired some new, new hires. hires. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think only the, the three of those new hires are uh, EMTs and paramedics. Mm-hmm. So. so I'm be real here. I think that from my experience... And this is not going to go over well with everybody, but I feel, it's, from my perspective, just the, the truth, that that 40-member port uh, group, 
has probably taken a disproportionate amount of <laughs> resources from what would be 40, that 40 members represents like uh, 8% maybe of the organization. Um, but that's, that's just the way it is. When they need help or representation or the contract negotiate, whatever it may be. It ebbs and flows. There's months where they're yeah. just putting money in the pot and then yeah. there's months where they're taking out um, way more than they put in. Yeah. That's, the, know, that's the strength of being in a union, right? Yeah. And we know we're good at complaining, so we can complain about that. And we'll, yeah. you know, that may be the case. But the, the, I think in the in the end, we're all still, you know, we're a group together, and it, it is different because they're also firefighters, right? Different group of firefighters, and I think, like you know, we've all been saying, this is a new thing. It's not instead of uh, change, we can call it evolution. We're yeah. evolving yeah. as yeah, an organization. Definitely. And I do know that like there is also some confusion about which members we represent. So I think we should probably go down that road sure. very, sure. very just kind of do a little nuts and bolts about the chat, PSR, and Community Connect. How you know what members are in each ones? Yeah, uh, and, and what members? What what? Which one of those brokers are not our members? Yeah, yeah. Let's pivot into some of that stuff. Yeah, more specific. So yeah. I think the two big um, organizations from Community Health Division that uh, that the public sees and that I think uh, the members see is PSR and Chat. So PSR, we'll start there, is staffed with one EMT and one mental health uh, crisis responder, and those mental health crisis responders are not represented by the local, just mm-hmm. the EMT is. So anyone who's not an EMT or paramedic uh, is not represented by 43. And then I believe those those are the individuals that are working with ProTech to, yep. to get their own um, local setup. Um, chat is staffed with um, an EMT or a paramedic. So they have two medical medic responders on their rigs. Yeah, and then the other sides of PSR, you have. So I'm sorry, real quick. Yeah. So the chat can be. Is is always is there always going to be a paramedic? I'm Not sure. always. So it could no. be two EMTs. Could, could be two, two paramedics. Two EMTs. Could be one, uh, Typically, I believe we're going to try to split up the medics, um, just okay. to have uh, the rigs be more. More ALS. Yeah, more more yeah. ability to versatility respond to, to okay. places, but um. But it could just be two basics. Could just be two basics. Yeah. Okay. So just checking in with who's on scene with you is sometimes key, you know. Um, okay. Like I like to let people know, you know, when I first started, I'm a paramedic, mm-hmm. just to let you know. Mm-hmm. Like uh, not everyone knows my face. So um, so also with the, with the CHD division, we have Community Connect, and I think that is an, like a kind of the back working side of it that not a lot of people see. Um, you have um, Carly with a K. Uh, Edwards. Oh, yeah. yeah. She used to be the chief of staff mm-hmm. for yep. Joanne. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So she's, I believe, the manager for that. I still get some of it mixed up because I don't fully interact with that side too much. Mm-hmm. But the Community Connect side is um, working to help facilitate um, stuff with our high utilizers. So people are frequently calling 911. Chat can go out to those individuals on our charting system we have a button we can push Mm -hmm. to get a recommendation that community connect can follow up with them so are community connect members actually going out into the community or are they just more walking in the office they do end up going out into the community to kind of do follow-up to find out what real resources are needed to uh, help bridge the gap so that this person doesn't have to continuously rely on 911 mm-hmm. to help them maybe get out of a wheelchair or some other, you know, and basic living help. Did Community Connect exist prior to Community Health Division or is it a really brand, is it brand new? Because I've only recently heard about it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't have, I don't know if Isaac knows that one. If Community Health, uh, Community Connect was present before the Community Health Division. No, it was kind of developed when they developed the community health division. Okay. So there was, well, it was in a way when we, when our members were basically asked to go work for Multnomah County as vaccine, uh, mm. to, to oh, deliver yeah. vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, that was, that was what we now call Community Connect. Okay, vaccine okay. distribution is a part of Community Connect as well as high utilizers, and you know the high utilizer program had its own arm within EMS. Uh-huh. So that work kind of shifted over to that division outside of left, left EMS and went to work okay. for community health division. And so it's been an evolution. So it didn't exist in name, but okay. all the pieces were kind of happening. 
We just um, gave it now a title and now it's, now it's, now it's like when we, if we are asked to do some other vaccine distribution again okay. in the future, Community Connect will handle that. Yeah, that that's, that's how I understand it. I don't want to dip too far into the weeds here, but so what is a class comp for Community Connect? Are they also basics? Medics, so there's only a maybe? couple workers in there. It's oh, a very, okay. it's the smallest division inside. There's no, there's no EMTs. So we don't have okay. any members in that okay. branch of okay. uh, the Community Health Division. Uh, well, kind of do because uh, inadvertently Sean Christensen Sean, works yeah. in there, and Sean Christensen's still a, a sworn member mm -hmm. uh, through uh, his job when he was given his job uh, in the as a community health uh, division manager, a manager supervisor. Okay, uh, when he was in that supervisor position, that part of that um, job offer basically included his ability to be recalled back to the fire bureau. And this is part of the problem, I guess. So much, so much of this is so new. So much of it seems to be moving parts. And I must have a fear like in a year and a half from now, they may not even be exist, the whole community health division. Like, I don't know, maybe that's ir uh, not, there's not really, maybe that's irrational. It's not bounded in, rea in reality. But like just knowing the city, like yeah. how much, does, it, does this, do we feel like this organization or this division really has staying power? Is it gonna be around for the long haul? Is there any way, any way to even answer that? Yeah, I mean, I hope so, yeah. right? Um, it's my current current job, of so course. I hope so, right? Of course. Uh, we all want our jobs to last. Um, <clears throat> I definitely think that it's got potential to stay around. Mm -hmm. um, it's providing a service that in in this uh, current culture is, is needed, right? Absolutely. We have people who just call 911 for, I mean, we all see it every day that just call 911 for the good old stub toes right so right. i i would hope it would stay around um and i'm just gonna jump in real quick i think the fundamental answer for that question is fundamental is funding like it's currently yeah. not even city funding right yeah so yeah we're funded through care oregon you're fairly new to this to the city <clears throat> right yeah i can guarantee you soon if that funding dries up right there's going to be some issues yeah, fun, well, you know, if you're reading any of the news lately or the memos that are coming out, it's tight. It's belt tightening season, tightening yeah. season, and uh, we, none of us in this room know what's going on with that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I just one of the things that popped in my head. I think from uh, being out of the companies, and we want chat to succeed. We want them to take all our calls <laughs> that we don't want to go on. Gladly to. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think it, there's a lot to this model that could make us better. Um, then there's mm -hmm. the other side. Uh, there's some opinions that um, part of it is counterintuitive to the mission, um, whether we talk about enabling um, mm. or, you know, yeah. you know, giving out free stuff. Does that really belong in emergency services or under the fire department? That Those are all questions that are being asked quite fre frequently. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's kind of new. Um, it, the funding's kind of coming from a lot of different places, right. and and um, I just hope that we can be, um, you know, communicate to our membership as this thing unfolds. Because um, my reason for having this podcast is I was pretty upset. You know, oh. I felt like I should have been pulled. I felt like the membership should have been pulled. I didn't even know when it happened. It sounds like it's under the last. When, what was the date you had on it? Was it first Weiler? Yeah, first yeah. 21. Yeah, Weiler. November the, 21 was when that agreement was signed. Right. And um, kind of not much communication about it. And coupled with some hurt feelings about um, COVID and, and a lot of fear that of people losing their jobs, mm -hmm. um, coupled with, you know, the current state of affairs in the city and mandatories and all that stuff, it's, it's like this might have been one more thing for our membership to pile on. And I don't like to see that happening because I'm seeing in these rooms these executive officers and these people who are signing up for committees work their tails off. So, yeah, I think getting the information out like we're doing here is, is very important. And, um, you know, um, hopefully in the foreseeable future we can involve more membership and have open, better communication going forward, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to help a lot with some types of these issues so that people kind of understand some of the roadblocks that we're up against, um, some of the limitations that we're dealing with, and uh, to understand kind of the direction mm -hmm. things go for rather than a membership that's just apathetic and says, well, the union, right. um, they're just going to do what they want anyway. That's that's kind of been my perspective, and I've been totally disarmed in a lot of different areas. 
And I don't agree with everything, but um, I do see that the, the thought processes and the strategic, strategic uh, awareness, um, all that stuff's being covered, and the, and um, and sometimes it get missed. So um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, well, but I, 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 I hope appreciate this becomes yeah. stronger. Think, you know, I think you're just trying to say some some honesty. You know, yeah, like, I, I fully agree. Yeah. Everything you said, I, I think we we first of all, we definitely dropped the ball, and we didn't communicate this well. When it was happening, yeah. okay. I'll hold it from my part uh, as a, as a vice president when this was going on. Um, there's sort of like when you're on the inside, you just I mean, you're you're absorbed by this information. You're working. You're just kind of putting your head down. You're working. You forget that like, well, no, not everybody has that same experience, and so that a lot of people were probably in the dark about it. And that lack of communication, lack of uh, information, leads to a lack of trust. And uh, you know a, a lack of faith and, and right. it, it, all of that stuff steamrolls. And you know we definitely, definitely, we're never going to be perfect at communication. But we yeah. can, that doesn't mean we can't work to be as best to be more perfect to yeah. be as best as we can be. Um, it's the it's the thing that we. I mean, we struggled. We struggled on communication, and I think we're we're going to always struggle. And I think. What I would what I want is this is why this podcast is so nice is it's a way to have those long conversations yeah. in more in depth people can yeah. absorb it when they want to um, and it's a good tool but it's not some people like I don't like podcasts yeah. <laughs> I like oh, yeah. I want I want you to write me an email yeah. so be like write me an email I don't have time to read that right you know so every we have to, we have to do we have to communicate eight different ways various and ways, yeah. There's no amount, and then it's so funny because then it's 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 only happened a couple times, but people are like, yeah, I turned off the emails because I was getting too many emails from the union, and then the you know it's like you've lost now you're not communicating with that individual, right. yeah. you know what I mean? So where's the? It's such a uh, I've tried you know the Slack is one of the ones I tried to do because I felt like it was a light way that you could choose when you want to dive into it. Mm-hmm. You can ask questions. You should get responses back from somebody who's working on the issue. It lets people digest it when they want to, and it's not being shoved on you like an email or a text message. You just go, You need to, but you do need to go get it. I mean, you can sign up for notifications if that's the way you like your life, but you can go, if you're sitting in the chair, it's like, well, I'll read the sports today, and then I'm, let's see what's going on in the union channel today, and you know what I mean? That was kind of my vision of it, but it is yet another thing, mm-hmm. another app you gotta have on yeah. your phone. Right. And you know, people don't want, people like their life simple. Yeah. So, and the kitchen table by far is still the best communication device in the in the history of the fire department. Is station visits. Yeah. There's no better way to communicate with people once they're at work. But let's continue so, to figure out how we can make right. sure that we're getting these messages I, out. I appreciate everything you just said, and I think yeah. I think that I like the, the that you essentially are saying this. And I initially wanted to do this because I was upset. You know, I think that's a great reason to start the conversation um you've gotten a lot some more information along the way which has probably been helpful um but um i did want to circle back uh, um just as kind of coming back over to amy a little bit mm-hmm. one of the things you said it sort of struck me is like we don't want we're curious about like maybe it's i can't remember the word you use but like just handing stuff out enabling well, enable yeah. enabling yeah, yeah I, was, I definitely yeah. want to thanks for bringing that up i wanted to circle back because that's something i've heard before that. like yeah. is that is that is that accurate? Are there proportions of the organization that are just going out and giving stuff away? Yeah, I mean, I I would say it, it's it's a perspective, right? Um, it depends on how much you know you're willing to kind of like learn and listen, and if if you just kind of want to keep your views and keep your views, right? Um, but the way I've learned, um, you know, because sometimes we we have that exterior view, and yeah, it can look like enabling for sure, but it's giving um, some people an opportunity to, who have never had that moment of trust or that moment of being able to have a good personal relationship with some type of medical professional, it's building that trust. So whether it's a cup of warm soup or warm coffee, that's that person's finally just looking you in the eyes and actually starting that conversation to then get their name finally to then hopefully provide them that that mental health response or medical care that they do need that's where we're trying to break those barriers and give people who just have a distrust in the medical system 
just a little bit of trust. And maybe that doesn't work for the one day we, we meet them the first time, but sometimes they meet these people, um, to PSR typically, uh, over and over, and finally they get to build that trust, and then we get this person into permanent housing mm. or into a detox system. Um, we do keep downstairs, we have a, like this chalkboard wall, we keep some positive numbers on the wall of how many people we got into detox and how many people we got into housing. Um, and it's just kind of cool to see those those results finally happen. And and yeah, even you know handing out a cigarette to someone, it just breaks that barrier of distrust mm-hmm. and, and lets them put their walls down for a second to have a, a, a human connection. So. Right, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you're planting seeds and yeah. you're, you're providing the sales pitch and sometimes to provide the pitch you got to get your foot in the door right Right. yeah i get it yeah i like that plant the seeds yeah Yeah. and sometimes we got to plant a couple seeds before oh yeah before it starts to grow with a relationship so yeah yeah i got one more thing on what you said uh that i feel like we should highlight which is what is the union's role in all of this you know people have a frustration about you know uh, uh what what the psr does for example or what chat does or how's what is our role? Well, our role is when we are given assigned work, we define what the benefit package should look like through negotiations. That's our real role. We don't get to make decisions on what the city of Portland does or doesn't do. They're, that is the city council's job. It's their staff's job. We are responsible for our, making sure that our members' rights are protected their pay their wages wages their hours working conditions yeah and yeah. so at the at, at our core that's what we do and so i think people there's a there's a large uh, maybe there's a feeling or a belief or a, a, a notion that our members expect us to do be more at the table at all those other decisions right and quite frankly we're just we're not we're trying to be right that's the politics side of our shop through policy food politics and through uh you know just our, our, our lobbying efforts, whether it be at the city, the county, or the state, or the federal level, we try to make influence, make sure that those pol- those politicians that are elected to office, that are in those elected positions, hear the concerns from the ground. But at the end of the day, we have to convince them to make changes. We don't have the ability to do that ourselves. What right. we do is in the contract. Contractual issues, mm-hmm. that's our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I mean, you kind of, I mean, when you said something earlier, but that one was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think we should highlight that. Right. The other thing I wanted to highlight from what yes. Matt said was, and sorry, real quick, we'll, we'll jump in. Your success, the community health division success, is, is our success. Better, you're able to succeed at getting those low community calls, getting those members into the housing or the detox you're talking about. The better it is for us. I mean, that is essentially a call reduction, a reduction in call volume for. Uh, for firefighters, yeah, and that's—I mean—that's always, from my perspective, that's been priority number one. Uh, hopefully, I think that probably still is priority number one. Yeah, it's definitely it's, the high priorities for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean that is that's a win for everybody, mm-hmm. and um, that just highlights that you know we're on the same team still, even if there may be some sort of perceived ideas of um, being at odds. I don't know if there is or not. I think it seems clear to me, at least, that we all are on the same team, certainly. Um, that, where yeah. conflict of interest may be perceived. Well, what is our what is our union doing? I mean, I was kind of, what are we doing? When, how come we didn't get a say in that? I uh, think I hear I hear that often. It's like mm-hmm. you know, I want to say right. what our union does, and I understand that. Matt even mentioned that like, he wanted a poll. Like, yeah. Or, or, or yeah, yeah. it's to be up to the members of this union what we do and don't do, right? And I understand that. Believe me, I fully understand that notion. You know, that's that's a constant. You know, what's the how does our how does our governing body right. work? Quite frankly. We don't utilize it where we should. Members need to attend general membership meetings. That's where they get to have their voice heard and said. Motions are passed and moved forward. You just heard that recently but, about the mandatory. Like they, they, People were saying, I wanted to vote on that mandatory policy. And they did. They voted for the elected officials who, who signed it. I mean, it's a representative democracy. That's what this right. organization yeah. is. You elect people to represent you. Yeah, there are certain things our, our Constitution bylaws dictates that we need to send a referendum. Those ones we always send a referendum. That's where members get to have their say, and members get to have their say in a general membership meeting. That's their where. Yeah. That's where, and we are, and we define what our meetings are in our constitution bylaws, right. which right. we just you know right. uh, made some changes to. So, and members approved. 
I'd uh, I'd love to come back to the what we do. Yes, I was going to do that too. Kind yes. of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to kind of break down a typical day yes, if please. that works. And yeah. I know some of the major questions I get is like, well, when's when is Chad around? Like, I don't see him. When when are you around? Uh, if you don't see us, ask for us. I would, I'll throw that out there. If you're on a call and you think it's, I like to use the phrase chattable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you think the call is chattable, um, just ask for us over the air. Um, Fire can request us to, to any call they, they deem uh, chattable. And it might take us a little while to get there, but we will make our way that way. Um, as long as it doesn't appear still critical, right? If it appears critical, we ask that, you know, you guys maybe hang around and give us a handoff on it. Um, but yeah, so the typical day <clears throat> though for for chat is uh, we have two two main shifts. We have a morning shift that starts at 7.30 and we have a swing shift that starts at 11.30 and they're 10 hour shifts. The schedule is a, oh, I always mess this up. It's a Monday through Thursday and a Thursday through Sunday. So we have an overlapping day on Thursday. Um, and in the middle of the day is when you have four rigs out. So at the morning of the day, you only have two rigs out. Middle of the day, four rigs are out. And then in the evening or afternoon, you only have two rigs again. Okay. Um, so, well, after what, like, we try to log off to finish charts. So at like uh, six, I think. Um, I just switch back to swing shifts all the time. Sometimes get yeah. muddled in my head. Yeah. But yeah, so those are our, those are our timelines. Um, and typically we get get in we do a roll call at 7 30. That's, that's both for chat and psr yes okay. yeah excuse me yeah that's chat and psr's current schedule yeah um thanks for pointing that out um yeah we get in we do a roll call and we try to get on the road by eight um in the morning psr typically has their ones that really still utilize the queue system so in the um on their mdt they have a queue and in the morning they'll go through it and make phone calls for the ones that have been in there the longest to then once they make these phone calls and can maybe eliminate some of them because maybe it's someone yelling in the street and now mm-hmm. they call the complainant and they're like, well, yeah, I don't know where they went. So yeah. they're not going to take their time to maybe go to a non-existent patient anymore um, to then they get a lot of down and unchecks. And so um, that's where, where they'll, you know, try to drive by and, and check them out. And then once the queue's caught up, I believe there is moments where they do get self di- or um, BOIC dispatches them. So typically they kind of run, PSR runs off of a self-dispatch. And that's a difference between PSR and chat. Chat is just getting dispatched currently. Mm-hmm. However, we do have the availability to jump calls. Um, you know, I was talking to some, some guys yesterday. If, if I was two blocks from a code, I'm going to try to jump that like mm-hmm. it's two blocks time is different of those types of calls so i feel comfortable doing that um so i would go ahead and do that also we have the ability to add ourselves to any call so again if you feel like it is a chattable call someone who's <clears throat> you know and those those pertain to people who are missing resources being at home someone who is a frequent lift assist for you or mm-hmm. someone who maybe just needs a little education that this is a time where you can call your doctor and make an appointment right. or teach someone how to use their home nebulizer. Those are all great chattable moments. Can you clear a rig uh, as a, a chattable, on a chattable call prior to their arrival? Um, if, you want, if you jump a call, engine seven is going somewhere and you're nearby, or even if it's not nearby, you're downtown, you're like, you hear a call come in, it's chattable. Can you say, hey, this is chat to engine um, seven, we got that, and then just clear them? I have been doing that okay. yeah um whether that is frowned upon or not i'm to be honest i'm not 100 percent sure okay. but um if it's if it's a call that we're dispatched on i have no problem doing that as long as i still feel that their response isn't needed you know i'm making okay. trying to make that proper educational medical and this is probably a stupid question but are you getting dispatched as a sole responder on a call so to the code one fire calls yes okay the ones that come in that way cool so we're also getting yeah we're getting dispatched to like alpha and some bravo level calls typically it's replacing the code one uh and like fire response only got it yeah yeah and then gosh what else is there so yeah our day starts out that's kind of how it goes um 
yeah, like you said earlier, we have some EMTs and some paramedics on the rigs, so it's just double checking who's showing up with you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you define like how does that, how does the work divvied up? Uh, and you know, I'm assuming you've worked on both chat and PSR. Like, I mean, is there rig checks? Is there housework? Is there is there duties, uh, uh, sort of daily duties? What's that look like? Yeah, so rig checks are, um, you know, if you're, we do our first of the month. So if you're on the rig first of the month, and if that's the rig you're on, you're doing that check. Um, I believe on the PSR side, they work um, together pretty well. Um, but like the start of the day, if for me, if I was on the PSR side, the start of the day, I'd want the mental health responder to make those phone calls and like make the you know, because it's more mental health calls, right? So I want them to triage that for my rig. And then I have no problem doing the rig checks, putting the supply on the in the rig, making sure our kits are good. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my ideal PSR way. But again, there's, you know, the different people doing different flows. And they have, um, the PSR partners are more um, consistent. Um, and then on the chat rigs, we kind of divvy it all up because we don't have a queue. So... We divvy up the work in the morning, do our rig checks, and then get on air and hit the road. I mean, do you guys work? Are you? I mean, are you collaborating together? I know. That, I know. There's a morning roll call. Mm-hmm. I, I did. A, I did a ride along with uh, PSR for four hours. That's probably about a month ago. Yeah. And we did a morning roll call. Uh, kind of talk. You know, that kind of thing. Similar to very similar to a fire station. It was here in the basement of the Union Hall. That's where they uh, did that. And. Uh, <clears throat> Then it was kind of like people, like, oh, they started doing their little duties. But I didn't know, like, because I was kind of just shadowing the, the PSR and the EMTs. I didn't really yeah. know. What, I didn't really know what the what like. I, it, but there was uh, other duties in that morning routine that were that folks were doing. So I just was. That's why I was asking that. Yeah, and then after our morning roll call, typically um, chat will go um, into the kind of our back training room, and anyone's welcome who's in the building at the time to uh, PSR or chat to attend our morning quick drills. We always do a morning quick drill, like five to 10 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, brush up on a skill. Um, you know, the winter weather came in, so we brushed up on hypothermia. Summer will come in, we'll probably brush up on the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So try to do those skills. And then as far as like house duties in the morning, typically it's like, let's get on air and get out. Um, house duties we try to do at the end of the night okay. um, when we have a little, when, when we have our sign off time and catching up on charts, the other person can, tries to do some of the house duties yeah do you feel like the day is kind of just just bounce from call to call i mean is there enough coming in that it's just one after the other for the most of most yeah of the for the out? most part yeah. yeah um you will still have days where you know you don't get a lot of calls and mm-hmm. then the other day they had nine calls in one shift and mm-hmm. for us that's a kind of a heavy number because mm-hmm. we take a little bit more time on our calls to right. to fully communicate and try to get the backstory too mm-hmm. um and then, um, you know, if we're having some low call volumes that day, like in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, we're just not in the right spot. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's start hanging out. What stations do we typically run with? I'm gonna go and hang out by that station a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe let them know, like, send a message over to MDT, like, hey, you know, we're out here, and we're just not getting dispatched too much today. If you feel let like you're know. finding something, let us know, yeah. And I think that's one big thing. Like, if you're not seeing us, let us know. Shoot us a message on the MDT mm-hmm. if, if you see us out and about. Um, yeah, we're more than happy to take take these calls great. from you guys. So that's great. So I'm guessing you mostly kind of hang out, post up in East County or in the core. Yeah, so currently we have um, chat one, two, uh, three, and four. In the morning, one and two start. And one is, so your odd numbers are downtown. Your even numbers try cool. to do east side. Got it. Um, when all four are on, we are we've been trying to send a unit to um, kind of hang out in the n- north area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and okay. the east side they kind of split, um, split the east side. So you're right. more what south, southeast and, and northeast. North. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Directions for a second. I had to picture it. Yeah. And so you're able to mostly do your charting when you're out and about, or do you have to come back and do mm-hmm. something? Uh, for me, I I find it my ability to chart on the we have iPads that we yep, use for a chart, yep. right? So yep. I just get it done on an iPad. Perfect. Snag a little uh, portable keyboard and mm-hmm. yeah, and I I get it done out there. Yeah. Nice. Great. So that's all good information. I'm looking at our time. We're probably I mean we can take another couple of five minutes if we want to wrap up. I want to really do be sure before we wrap it up that um, Matt. Thank you for bringing us all together. There's nothing that we're, we're missing. Anything that you would like to address before before we do sort of um, 
you know, and end the pod here. Yeah, I feel like, you know, knowing the whole backstory uh, definitely helps, you know. Hearing uh, Amy talk about what they do, I think it's uh, they're very welcome to camp out at 29s all day long. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I think I think you know, Amy, you've been charging hard, and yeah, and uh, I, I, the guys out there really appreciate it. And um, this is something where I just didn't have all the information on, right? And I also uh, at that point wasn't able to communicate back to the membership. So I hope this goes out and. and um, you know, kind of just gives everyone an understanding. Let me let me jump and in on something. We can all be, be part of this team going forward. So. And I say this being completely um, uninformed, so that's probably not a great spot to start from. I think it's a great spot to start. Um, this may be wrong. Okay, so uh, are any members in Chatter PSR hanging out at stations? And that she's shaking her head no. Okay, because I heard yeah. I heard about some conflict about them hanging out at stations. Somebody. There being an issue about just miscommunications, so is that is that now part of the what you're being told and that you if you're going to post up somewhere you want to stay in the rig you're not going to go hang out. Yeah, that. so we don't really have quarters to utilize, okay. so we are kind of staying in the rig. Um, I know that Eights, I believe, um, has a spot that we can kind of go and sit at. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been there personally, so mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but then, uh, yeah, typically, if we are trying to go to a station, I sometimes like to stop by stations to do this roundtable talk, right? Mm-hmm. So if, but I'll give a phone call before I go, perfect. Um, so mm-hmm. that I understand if it's, I know, and I'm not gonna call you at lunch. I'm gonna try not to call you at dinner. So, um, but yeah, we typically should not be. Uh, like hanging out at the stations okay. too much, unless you guys want us there. If you want to welcome us in, like we're more than happy to have a little spot we can use a restroom for a little bit and yeah. get out of your hair. And but um, but yeah, uh, one thing we talked about earlier was the high utilizers, and I think I kind of forgot to mention how to make that connection for you guys. Um, if, if that's okay, we take yeah. some time with that. We've been getting we get emails from places who go on high utilizers. And the best way to kind of spread that word is to email the Community Connect. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, uh, if you go in the email and see Community, type in Community Connect, there should be an email that comes up. Um, and just give them the info of that high utilizer. Um, if you don't feel like you're getting a result from that, I have no problem taking these emails also. So if okay. you want to email me personally, it's Amy Quinn, just look my name up, mm-hmm. send me it. I'll make sure it gets to the right person. Um, if you're noticing a high utilizer and you're unable to get a chat unit to respond to this person, mm-hmm. um, I have no problem connecting those dots right. to move that forward right. as well. Good. All good information. And I'll just r- real quickly um, wrap up with if people have more stuff that they want to just uh, add to this conversation, come to the uh, uh, union meeting. And we can have a conversation there. Yeah, if you find yourself with any any other questions or, or frustrations you want to just air to me, feel free to reach out to me. Thank I have you. no problem. Yeah. yeah, I did kind of remember something uh, as you were talking. Yeah. The um, And this is kind of not really a, a union issue at all, but it's just a concern of the membership. There's the cultural piece is, is, um, is something of a concern for memberships out there and, and uh, people of our membership. You know, I'm also seeing a lot of um, names on in chat that are firefighters at different stations already. So it seems like there's some positions in chat now being filled by the offspring of some of our current firefighters. Oh, oh right. Yeah. I mean? yeah. So. Yeah, we got a couple of those those ones around. So yeah. The, yeah. The apple didn't fall far from the tree for Not a long, too far. Yeah. yeah. So kind of a good segue. So um, yeah, definitely a good good asset for firefighters to have a, a chat program um, yeah so as long as it goes the right direction and this could be a, a big win for everyone so and yeah it, it would be nice to you know have this build to where someone's getting exposed to the uh, Portland fire culture and you guys kind of get to see that person around too and get familiar faces and then hopefully they're motivated and apply to fire too and if that's their goal then that would be fantastic right and you guys mm-hmm. kind of already get yeah. to know us a little bit too mm-hmm. so yeah Let's continue to keep, you know, let's bring those issues forward. Let's make sure we address them. I mean, that's what I would ask is, yeah. you know, I know that there was a general fear of things or fear of the unknown or fear of change. I, I understand that. I'm a firefighter too. Um, but there's, you know, until thing, there's also, you know, certainly there's a goal for us to prevent 
you know, any issues and do everything we can up front. But we're going to make, we're going to miss some things. And when we do, you got to let us know so we can address it immediately. Yep. yep. That's correct. That's one of the biggest, um, biggest surprises to me is coming in hot and bothered and being angry and having my voice of uh, dissent, like, listened to, answered to. Yeah. And, um, you know, so... Um, I like how that's welcomed, and that is that is a sign of a healthy union when you can argue about stuff you're passionate about and work together to come to the right conclusion. So, and we can certainly um, disagree. Yeah. 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 That happens. So. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. We're, uh, we're at about an hour, so it's probably good to wrap up. Appreciate yeah. everybody coming in this Thank morning. Thank you very much yeah. for doing yeah. this. Thanks Appreciate for all it. Thanks for your guys' time. Yeah. yeah.